Roscoe, what are you saying? Who's going to be leading scorer? Uh, if he starts, why not? We on Edwards. What? That's what? men. That's mental. Yeah. What? What is in those Jaffa cakes you've been eating, mate? Oh, what is going on? <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Once more, it is a happy Monday, friends. It finds us again with Town top of the table, again having seen off their latest challenges at the weekend. This time, Accrington Stanley sixth placed. Accrington Stanley were put to the sword two nil. The boy, Gwen Edwards, scored again. Unbelievably, this is getting more and more ridiculous with every passing game. Um, so, yeah, happy Monday. Hope you all had a great weekend. We're about to break things down as only we can. And joining me to do that is, of course, the two main men. Hutchie, again, rotated off. Nice rest day for Hutchie today. But his partner in crime, Dr. Stuart Watson, is with us. Stewie, how are you? Very well, thank you. Outstanding. How was your weekend? My weekend was very nice. Yes, not too bad. Always helps with the win, doesn't it? Always does, my friend. Mondays are always sweeter when town have won and are obviously sitting top of the table. Now, of course, your partner in crime today and our, our general partner <laughs> in all things football and should really be betting and predictions, Ross, because it's getting more and more ridiculous, this. Um, obviously, last week he scored, was, was town's leading scorer and joint leading scorer in League One. This week, he scored again. He's now the standalone League One leading scorer, and he's also had the best start to a season in terms of scoring for a town player this century, which is mental. Guion Edwards, five goals in six games, not been done by a town player before since David Johnson at the turn of the century, the playoff promotion season. Ross, is this real life? Guion Edwards is a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, I always knew, as you knew. Um, you, yeah, didn't you didn't always know, mate. I mean, obviously you did say that he was going to be leading scorer, but I'm, I'm still convinced you hadn't really thought about that. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a notepad down. Just yeah. quickly, just write it down now quickly. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's uh, good to see and hopefully there, it continues. There's a bit of a passing resemblance, I think, between you and and Edwards as well. You've both got the kind of um, skin fade haircut and, the, and the, the big bushy beard. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're merging into one person. What, what, and what a person that would be. Um, obviously, boys, Town won 2-0 at the weekend. Accrington Stanley. <clears throat> First half was tough. Second half, um, Lambert switched stuff around. So, Stewie, you start us off. Your thoughts on the game? Very solid defensively. First and foremost, clinical finishes in the second half. Stepped it up when they needed to. Another 2-0. Very little to complain about from my point of view. First first half was tough, no doubt about it. Um, but I just really like the way it's which are kind of coming through adversity. A game where they were obviously down striker-wise, which we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. And they stuck to their guns. They were patient, just like at Bristol Rovers, just like in the home game against Rochdale. They stuck to the system. They believed in the way they were playing and it came good in the end. And um, that fills me with a bit of heart. Mm. Just before you, uh, we went on air, Ross was, we were just having a quick chat about the game. And Ross, you were saying particularly that the defence stood out for you in this game and one player yeah. in particular. Yeah, James Wilson. We've been praising Toto once again. He had a good game, but James Wilson has been a bit under the radar. Um, but he's just been solid. Like last season, you know, we were sort of like going, James Wilson on a free. Just been released from Lincoln. What's mm. he going to do? 
and once again he proved he he was solid. You know, he's not he's not going to do the step overs, he's not going to do all that, but you know, he just does his job and again he did his job and another clean sheet. Mm. And we've just seen that he's been named in, in team of the week along with the the big guy in goal Thomas Holy. Yeah. Um just going back to your boy Guion, obviously we've got to touch on it, Roscoe. The um the goal that he scored, what a finish, first of all. I mean, that was not an easy finish at all. Um and he looks like every time he gets the ball, he looks like he's gonna do something. He's nutmegging people, he's he's getting assists, he's obviously scoring goals. Um what what did you make of it on, on Saturday again? Ross? Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said Stu. So, oh, sorry. We're talking about Gwion Edwards, my friend. Oh, Who are we oh. going to talk to about Gwion Edwards other than you? <laughs> yeah, me, of course. Um, yeah, I once again, when you're... I'm happy when you're at home. You have a replay and you can watch it back and you go, wow, actually, that is a really good finish. Hmm. Uh, when you're there in person, I'm sure... I don't know if you have a replay still. I don't know if they have their monitors there anymore. Because normally nope. we're... In the, okay, there you go. So you probably only see it from your your viewing point. But um, when I saw the replay, I thought, wow, what a finish for him to actually take on the defender. And, you know, maybe the keeper could have done maybe a little bit better, possibly. Um, but he's just on fire. And it's just, there's no stopping him. But as you said, like when he when he's on the ball, he's just going to create something. He's got assists as well to his name. Yeah. You know, and he's doing his work on the right. And then when he's switching over to the left, he's just unstoppable. Yeah. Stewie. So he- Let's talk a little bit about the, the, the team selection. Obviously, again, we'll come on to strikers in a minute. So, so Lambert, in a, in a way, had his kind of hands um, cuffed uh, by a lack of kind of recognised strikers. But what did you make of... Because obviously started out with Judge in the middle and, and you know, an actual striker, Freddie Sears, uh, out wide. What, what, what did you make of that? And, and how much credit should we give him for switching things around at half-time? Um, I didn't hate it. I think it's easy to say in hindsight that uh, Sears is a striker. Why on earth? You know, it worked better second half. Why didn't he start like that? Um, I could see the logic behind it because I think I- I'm sure sort of Miles Kenlock was part of the thinking behind that, that he wanted Sears as a little bit more protection, a bit more graft in front of him down the left, possibly. Mm. Um I think the Atkinson's biggest threat had come down the right. Pritchard, who ended up playing up front, actually, in this game. He he played wide right in their previous game and, and been their danger man. So I, I think that that was maybe part of the thinking that Judge does his best work through the middle. So watching the team shape beforehand, it, it almost looked like a diamond to me with sort of Judge playing as this false nine, if we're going to go with these these modern phrases, kind of dropping deep, almost to the tip of the diamond. And then Sears and Edwards kind of a lot more narrower, so they almost became a front two. Mm. Um, it didn't work first half, but I think that was as much to do with with the way that Accrington played. I thought they played really well. They they pressed really high. Ipswich weren't great either, so a combination of Accrington kind of really upping their game, Ipswich being off it. There was a lot of unforced errors in their um, catalogue of them, really. People just kind of misplacing simple passes the ball going into the into touch quite a lot it just never got going first half but um as i say it it was better second half the tactical switch helped um Mm. i think judge judge is enjoying it out on the right he's certainly been better on the right than he has on the left we know that guion edwards loves it out on the left and um 
you know, sears through the middle, as people say, he has been a striker for most of his career. So that helped. But I just think in general that the second half, the midfield actually started passing a bit a bit better and that, and that made a world of difference. They kept the ball, they zipped it about, they upped the tempo and the, this Ipswich team needs to move the ball quickly um, to be effective and they did that second half. Mm. Okay, let's talk about, then. I guess, the main storyline to come out of the game, which is, was, of course, the, the striker crisis that Town now find themselves in. I was out and about on Saturday um, during the game, so I couldn't kind of keep up to date. But when I could, I'd, I'd flip onto your Twitter, Stewie, and, uh, and scroll back and just see what's, what's been going on. I got to the team and I did a sort of double take and I was trying to work out who they got playing up front. And then obviously I saw that they'd got Judge up front. Um, so that, that was obviously a, a big unexpected surprise and not a good one. Um, first of all, what, what's the latest on 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 Hawkins and obviously KJ, who's, who's uh, gone off for a COVID test? Hawkins, don't know the full extent of that. It's a groin injury. Lambert intimated afterwards that it might be that he has to sit out the game at Doncaster tomorrow night and, and hopefully be back in contention for, for Lincoln on Saturday. Um Jackson, don't know the result on his COVID test at the moment. He turned up to training on Friday uh, with sort of cold-like symptoms and got sent away for a test. Obviously, the hope is that that comes back negative. Um, I understand that all of the players and staff have been tested this morning, um, about eight o'clock this morning before they've gone out for training. They've all had a test. They'll get the results of those back hopefully later on today slash tomorrow morning. And uh, all, all being well, that's that's okay because obviously we've seen examples at other clubs, crew primarily, the where you know they've had uh, a spate of COVID positive tests and they've twice had games called off against Oxford, and then all, everything becomes a little bit messy. Um, but the, the COVID protocols up the training ground uh, at Ipswich have been have been very thorough. Um, you know they've not been using the main building. Um, there's been very little mixing outside of, of the training. So ho- hopefully all of that um, helps. But that said, they did all share a bus up to Blackburn back last weekend. So, um, and, and they are in physical contact with each other in, in training, obviously. So um, we'll hopefully know a little bit more on all of that later mm. on today slash tomorrow morning. Mm. What do we what do we feel about the striker situation? And obviously, you said there that, that Sears is is and has been a striker in his career. But uh, I guess at Town, he's not mainly played as a striker, um, and clearly Town are, are short of options up front. A lot of questions from the Coway Army um, about why and Daniel Rockle says if Lambert knew Hawkins was injured, um, why didn't we try and sign a striker before the, the window closed? Um, another question from Jamie Trot saying what free agent strikers are actually out there we could get on a short short term deal. Um, Stewie, what your, what's your take on the striker thing? Do Town now need to try and get someone in as a free agent? Should they have been a bit more aggressive in trying to sign a striker um, before the window closed on, on Friday? Obviously, Tyree Simpson came on at the weekend. Um, what, what's your take on the, on the whole striker argument? Yeah, and Lambert wasn't exactly effusive in his in his praise of Tyree Simpson. It was, you know, is this a chance for him to step up now and... <laughs> The answer was, yeah, I guess, but we can't we can't be pinning all our hopes on a on a young lad still finding his feet in the game. I mean, Simpson was was playing rugby up until fairly recently. He's quite a late starter in terms of football, in relative terms. Um, 
but he's the closest thing they've got to a target man at the moment. He's really strong. He came on. He had a chance right at the end, but it's difficult. I think that obviously Hawkins and Jackson were both kind of sprung on them Friday morning on the day of the deadline. Lambert was asked, did, did you, we obviously did the press conference with him before that all happened with the press conference was half eight Friday morning. So I assume he kind of learned about Hawkins and Jackson after doing press. Um, yeah. but even, even at that time, it was no financially, we can't do anything. We can't do anything. Um, he was asked subsequently, you know, once you found out about Hawkins and Jackson, did you then have a little go in the transfer market? Again, the answer is just, it's just always, no, we can't do it. We can't afford it. Now, mm. The salary cap thing is a is a bit misleading because you're allowed 22, 22 players, 21 or over. I've gone through the squad. I think they've got 21. I've double-checked that. I've triple-checked that. So there, there was still room to go and get one more. So that's not a problem. In terms of being at the top end of the salary cap scale, there was still wriggle room there. If you work out the average times 21 players there there was still a bit of wiggle room up to that two and a half million pound hard cap Mm. um so they could have done something and they didn't out of choice and i think that's and this is where it comes down to marcus you have to have a bit of sympathy with him a lot of sympathy with him because he's you know like every businessman during these covid times he's taken a hell of hell of a whack and a hell of a beating probably for across all of his businesses with with sort of corporate hospitality and football and various things so I think it was more through choice that they didn't do something there is still the free agent market to have a look at um and depending on what happens kind of with with Jackson and how severe the the Hawkins injury is Mm. it's it's not impossible that that they might reassess that and have a look at some free agents what do you reckon Ross what would you do I know uh, big big Colin Quain is still out there as a free agent would you be looking to to sign a free agent striker just to make sure you've got a little bit of uh, cover at that spot Mm, yeah, you mentioned Colin Quayner, but nah, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> and there's no one really available. I saw MK Dons. I know I should be saying his name, but uh, Cameron Jerome's just signed for MK Dons. He scored on the weekend for them. Oh, really? Um, so I think there is players like him, like you know, players who are in their late stage of their career. Sometimes, yeah, they are worth it just for a season. You know, or just for you know a few few months. Um, you know, I know Will Keane. He's signed for. For Wigan until January, you know, I don't know if he wanted to sign that sort of deal here, but maybe that's the only deal he could get at Wigan. But I don't really know many other strikers that are about really that we could maybe. I've had to look through the list. I think yeah. there's, you know, you're, you're right. They are going to be the ones that are kind of in the the latter years of their career. Um, there's one name that stands out the list to me, and that's Tom Ahmed, who was let go by Charlton at the end of last oh. season. Who's Primarily, sort of done his best work at Brighton. Um, uh, was at Charlton last year. Uh, he's a free agent now. I'm sure you could get him within the salary cap. He's he's reasonably big, physical, mobile. I think he'd be well suited to playing that that central role. Someone someone like him. He's uh, I'm just having a look. He's 33 now, so it's not the, the long term answer. But if you're looking for a, a short term solution to get you through a hectic period. Someone like him, um, Chris O'Grady is another one on, on the list. If you want someone to come in and do a, a short-term job, experienced, physical. I know these sort of names might not get the, the pulses racing, but um, it depends how much you, you trust the guys there. It, it, they work, it worked okay playing with the, 
sort of the uh, the passing game, but you're going to come up against different types of opposition, and that might that might not always work. And you're not there's no plan B there at all now, mm. um, unless unless it's going to Simpson. So obviously the only issue with picking up free agents now is that they've not played much football for a long time, and by the time you've got them fully up to speed and match sharp. Um, the other strikers will start coming back anyway. So that's what you're weighing up. Mm. I assume on your list there, you've got Leon Best somewhere, uh, Stewie. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Heaven's a good shout though, isn't he? He's, he's played well against town in the past. Um, maybe an interesting short-term option. Um, Harry Butcher, friend of the show, says, I personally think we should look to bring in a free agent brute of a striker just to fill the void. I'm so pleased with James. He's playing incredible. And I've always loved the man to bits. P.S. Guion is winning the Golden Boot Award. Um, Big John Watson just asking about short-term deal potentially for Colin Quayner. George says, if Hawkins' injury is long-term, is there a need to bring in a free agent striker? Or have we got enough? Lambert doesn't seem too keen on starting the likes of Simpson. Felt he was quite critical of him in his post-match interview, which we've already touched on. Um, take a few more thoughts. Sindre Lyson, the biggest member of... Uh, the Luke Chambers fan club says, Luke, the Chambers with yet another brilliant display. Not the first time I've said it and it won't be the last. Um, Ian Aitchison um, just asks, is it significant or ironic that her signings are currently having the greatest impact? What do you reckon to that, Stu? Um, I don't know what I'd describe that as. Uh, I think they was they were signed as good League One players and there's, some of them are now turning out to be good League One players, as, as was hoped. But they were signed at a time when Ipswich were looking to progress in the Championship. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ross has touched, touched on it. Um, NCR's rebirth mm. um, continues. I just think he, him and Wilson are no frills centre halves. And maybe as much as we all love to see these ball playing centre halves, and we've got Wolfenden, a good financial asset, potentially depreciating on the bench at the moment. So there's a long term thing to think about there. But there's no way you can change that back four at the moment because. They're doing what's asked of them. For me, Wilson was man of the match. Um, Just goes about his business very sort of quietly, but heads it, intercepts. He strides out from the back. His passing is is better than perhaps we've given him credit for before. He's probably quicker than I thought. So the two of them have got a bit of pace. They can get themselves out of danger. They can head it. They can do all of the the ugly stuff and, and Chambers, yeah, again, was it was excellent. He had more touches of the ball than anyone. His range of passing was excellent. He was the vocal captain, you know, at, at times when they were 2-0 up and 1-0 up, just sort of imploring everybody to kind of stay focused. Um, and Kenlock, again, assured. Um, Holy, I thought, had a better game. I thought he looked more confident coming for aerial balls, made his, made his saves when he needed to. So, that's that's vital. I think you just have a, a, a no frills, decent back five, and that gives you the foundation to build upon. Um, mm. It's crazy, isn't it? Obviously, going into the season, we're assuming that the the centre back pairing would be Wolf and Dylan Chambers. Um, we've got a, a centre back pairing that no one expected, and Wilson and NCR are doing great work. And Chambers having an Indian summer on on the right hand side at the right back, fantastic stuff. Life comes at you fast. A couple more uh, thoughts from the KOA Army. Nigel G, friend of the show, NHS hero, says, I feel that we need a physical presence up front and someone to hold the ball up and play others in. So, yes, I'm worried about injuries and lack of strikers. 
Do we need to blood Tyree Simpson? Surely he needs to be given a chance now. Skylard uh, says we have such a massive squad, we can't just wish for a new player every time, but it does make me wonder why Simpson came on just to collect his win bonus. I'd like to see subs getting more minutes once we're winning and test these teams more. He says Keenan Bennett showed potential. And Luke Penning touched on an issue I want to talk about a little bit more now. He says, I know we haven't scored many goals from our strikers, but having them all out isn't good. 13 injuries now, isn't it? I don't know if it's that bad, um, but we always seem to have a problem with rehabilitation. KVY Norwood, prime examples. So yes, town do seem to have the, um, the A&E emergency room Casualty music playing in the background. Another injury. Um, Roscoe, injuries at town. What do you reckon? We could just have injury-prone players, unfortunately. Possibly, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know much about stuff like that, really, muscles and all that. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> You don't know much about muscles. <laughs> How did Hawkins get hurt? Was it just in training, Stewie? Was it like a, a contact injury or...? I don't know if I'm honest, mate. I assume yeah. it's, it's happened in training. Um, yeah. But uh, as I've said before, I know this is becoming a, a theme and people going, you've got to ask more questions about it. You've not got to accept the answers. And that there yeah. probably needs to be a deeper investigation into that, which I will try and do when I can speak to the right people. But it's there has to be an element of sympathy. People saying about, oh, the, the rehab has been an issue, as seen with Vincent Young and Norwood. Well, they, they've not had normal rehabs. They're guys coming back from long-term injuries and been trying to, and not had the access to the the usual kind of rehab programme during COVID. They've been during lockdown and stuff like that. So mm. there has to be a element of sympathy. I think there have been injuries up and down the land, but it... it there seems to be more than most, doesn't there, at Ipswich? And this has been going on for for a little while now. So um need to speak to as many different people as possible behind the scenes and getting to the root cause of stuff isn't always easy. But, um, yeah, it's um, it's not great, is it, when, when there seems to be another couple every week at the moment? Hmm. I mean, obviously, in professional sport, you are always going to get con- contact injuries. That's always going to happen. Uh, and and professional athletes, obviously, fine tuned and are often on the edge of of going over into into injuries because they they train so much. But you do wonder with the training at town, how you know how physical it is. Are they are they training too hard, perhaps, in terms of contact? I don't know. Hard to say, isn't it, without actually seeing the, the sessions? But it, it does it does feel like there's. There's a lot of injuries at town, and, and not only that, to key players as well. Um, so frustrating indeed. Um, question for you, Roscoe, from Tony Stoughton. Says, uh, question for Ross Radamus. How many goals will your boy Guion score this season? Now, in the pre-season live show, which we heard the the, the, uh, the clip from at the start of the show, you said 12. Mm-hmm. He's got five in six games so far. Um, are you going to up that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I think I have to. I think he he'll have a he'll have a little you know moment where he won't score. You know, there'll be a few weeks where he won't score. Um, I think the team won't score for a while. Maybe some maybe goalless games, unfortunately. So what? Enjoy, enjoy oh, that. Great. Enjoy that, Stu. Enjoy that, Stu. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go. Good old seventeen. Love love the number seventeen. So yeah, seventeen goals. Good, good old seventeen. Uh, why, why do you have particular affection for number seventeen, Ross? So, a shout out to my boy Kieran Stanley. Um, there used to be a, a, a sausage, a Turkish sausage, on in a restaurant what? called uh, Shushik. 
I could never say it properly. Shushuk. All right. And um, yeah, it was number 17 on the menu. So I just used to go, 17, please. 17. So, I, was yeah. not expect- I was not expecting that answer. Why do you like the number 17, Ross? Turkish sausage. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the, the, the obvious answer. Stewie, while we're on this, um, this nonsense subject, last week the boys shocked me with the revelation that they sleep naked. Um, and I was surprised. We actually did a poll. Uh, he was said, this, sorry, was this a segue from Turkish sausage? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's the link. You've, you've seen it. Um, so uh, I just want to le- read out the, uh, the poll um, because I was surprised how many of the KO army sleep in the buff. I think it was something like 32% um, of our listeners sleep as nature intended, uh, with only a few more percent sleeping in what I would consider to be standard attire, uh, shirts, sorry, a shirt, T-shirt and shorts. Um, Stewie, what do you wear when you go to bed, my friend? I'm afraid I'm with the boys. What? Fully no. nude. Always really? have been. Yeah, I really struggle to to sleep with with clothes. If I have people come to stay and I have to suddenly be a bit more mindful of, of what I'm wearing, I, I don't like it. Right. And this, this, I'm obviously odd because, you know, I, I, for me, that you're sleeping naked, you're sweating into the covers every night. That's not, you know, you're going to have to wash them on a almost daily basis. At least if you're wearing some kind of short and t-shirt combination, you, you're sweating into them because you could, you perspire like a, like a motherfucker at night, don't you? You sweat. You lose a lot of sweat at night. Aren't you cold though, boys, in this weather, sleeping with your, uh, your bits and pieces on full display? Sometimes. More than mornings. The mornings are just like, when, as I said, with the cover, with yeah. the cover I went, nope, stop staying in, staying in bed. Yeah. So, but, um, you sh- you, you stop, do you suffer with shrinkage of a morning? Obviously, it's cold. That's nah, all, all, you know, morning hard on. You know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The line has been crossed. Oh, trust Ross to go there. Oh, oh unbelievable. <laughs> Spoil it for everybody. Right then, um, let's move quickly on from, from Ross's morning wood um, to any other notes from the game, boys, before we move on to a Mark's big question. Stu, help save us, please. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'm speechless. That whole segment from sort of Ross, big up Guion Edwards, led us down that rabbit hole to where it's just ended. Yeah. yeah. Um, you are a unique man, Ross Halls. Um, Any other notes from the game? Uh, I don't think so. No, Nolan came on and thought, I thought he did well. Hughes was a little bit quiet for the second game in a row. So I think maybe... Nolan might be uh, might be coming back in tomorrow night, especially with the games coming thick and fast. Bennett's looked lively again. The two times we've seen him off off the bench, okay, mm. it was against sort of tiring opposition, but he's uh, I like what I've seen of him so far, and uh, I'm told Munch and Gladbach kind of saw him more as a striker actually, so he might be the kind of an, another in-house option striker fix uh, there. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's another really good win, but um, these next two, Doncaster and Lincoln, we keep saying bigger tests ahead, might be a step up. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they get on. Yeah, obviously we'll talk about Doncaster um, in the fullness of time on this podcast. Ross, any other notes from the game without mentioning your penis? No. Uh, Thomas Holy, give a shout out to Thomas Holy. I know he's yeah. on the team in a week, but um, he made some really good saves. I think um, if it wasn't for him, Ackerton... You know, could have been the lead in, in the first half. Um, yeah, good old Thomas Holy. 
Good old comment. Good old comment. I, I just need to do a correction before we move on. We were talking about the salary cap earlier, and I talked yeah. about 20, 21 players out of the 22, and they had a bit of wriggle room there. I've just looked back through that squad while we're talking. It is 22. I'd missed someone out. So they have got their full quota of 22 players aged 21 or over. One, one of those is Barry Cotter, who has obviously gone out on loan. So I don't know if a player going out on loan frees up the space to do something else. Obviously, that happened late late in the window. Uh, mm. I don't know the exact rules on that or whether you can just take people out of that 22 and replace them with someone else. So that maybe muddies the water of that chat that uh, I had earlier about that. Okay, let's move on to uh, Mark's big question, shall we? Yes. Big question, 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 question. Stuart Watson, pick me a number, please, between one and 24. Well, it has to be in honour. <laughs> you know where I'm going here, don't you? I do, I do, yeah. Good Se- old 17. <laughs> Good old 17, Turkish sausage. Yeah. 17, question 17. Remarkably, is what's your favourite sausage? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> question 17 is um, something unexpected you've never done. Um, this is inspired by Hutchie, who, as we frequently find out, has never watched films that I would consider part of the, the cultural um, tapestry of, of a man of his age, the likes of Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, that kind of thing. Um, I would consider that to be unexpected, that he's never watched that. So, boys, what is unexpected, something unexpected that you've never done? Uh, have you what? Have you got something in mind when you wrote this question? It was mainly inspired by Hutchie's thing um, in terms of being unexpected. Uh, <clears throat> something unexpected I've never done. What would you consider to be expected? Um, I've never watched, I've never, in terms of the film thing, I've never watched... Um, a Star Wars film all the way through, or a Lord of the Rings film. Um, I think they're they're massively overrated as films. Um, <clears throat> what about you, Roscoe? How do you know they're overrated if you haven't seen them? Well, because I've started watching and I thought, this is shite, I'm turning this off. So I've, I've made my decision early doors. I've gone early on that. Um, okay. And I still don't really understand the fascination with, with Star Wars. Um, not for me. But um, what about you, Roscoe? Something unexpected you've never done. There must... on, wait, wait, wait. Are we sure that we should be posing this question yeah. to Ross? <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah, keep it PG rated, please, yeah. Ross. Yeah. There, must be, there must be loads of things that you've never done. For example, obviously, until recently, you'd, you hadn't actually discovered prawns. Um, so, <laughs> no, I had. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what, what, what things may be unexpected that you've never actually done? Could be two here. Um... Well, really, I've only done it once. I've only shaved my beard once myself. What? So, yeah. <laughs> only once in my life. Your whole life? Your yeah. whole life you've only ever shaved yourself once? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are we talking like a, a wet shave here? or? Yeah, yeah, wet, wet shave. Like, I haven't even done like, a trim. It's always been a barber or I've just let it, let it out. So, because, you know? I mean, you, you have some in, impressively... Um, spectacular i would say facial hair certainly better facial hair than the rest of us put together 
And I, I, what what time? What age were you when that that beard started growing in? Uh, seventeen, probably seventeen. So from that that point on, when it when it first started hitting and you started getting her suit of face, you you never bothered tidying it up. You just thought I'd leave it. No, so I, I did it when I knew I could grow one. I you know went, oh, I'm going to go and do a clean shave. I want to try to do it. So I cut myself a few times as you do. Yeah. Um, and I went, I went. Oh, I don't want to do that again. I'm not going to do that. So um, I just remember going to a barber's once. Shout out to my barber. Um, she just said, yeah, I can do your beard for you if you want. So she does the whole shebang. So I just don't need to worry about doing it. So there you go. That's, that is outstanding. Um, so Ross has his own personal shaver. Never does it himself. Like it. Yeah. Stewie, have you got anything? Obviously, um, something, something unexpected I've never done is, of course, have the hiccups, Stewie. But we won't get into that. That... Uh, <laughs> That's so much nonsense. You've had the surely you, every human being has had the hiccups. Why do you lie about that? Why would I, why would I lie about it? Well, why are you lying about it? In my living memory, I've never had the hiccups. Hmm. I think it's I think it's nonsense. People who have the hiccups are just attention seeking, in my opinion. Well, it's a global um, conspiracy to kind of fool you. Everyone pretends. No, you know to... what I mean? There's always someone who gets gets the hiccups. Um, and and makes a massive scene out of like drinking backwards from a glass of water or trying to stand on their head, and it's always the attention seekers, isn't it? <laughs> uh, constantly hiccuping. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's bollocks. Anyway, Stewie, some, come on, give us something unexpected you've never I done. I can't be anything that Ross is saying today. I just feel <laughs> like we should we should just let Ross's revelations breathe. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll move on then, shall we? Um, maybe if you do come up with something, Stu, just just shout out. Yeah, okay. Um, but let's let's move on. Just from the from a, uh, a dotting the i's and crossing the t's point of view. Obviously, last time we spoke was Thursday on Friday. The transfer window slammed shut as it always does. It was we were expecting a quiet day at town, and it was even quieter than that. Literally, nothing happened apart from Barry Cotter. I think it was going out to to Chelmsford, and uh, and poor old Barry seemingly talking about getting back into the first team as a result of that. Um, He's, a, he's, a, he's he's an optimistic lad, um, Barry Cotter. But Stu, with, whoa, with them... whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on what? a minute. If it was another Irishman when he was going out on when he was going out on loan to Air United, yeah, you wouldn't have been poo pooing such statements then, would you? And look how it turned out for Mister Drizzy Drynan. I mean, so... to be fair, you've called me out properly there because, of course, Cotter has played in the first team, and he's been relatively successful when he's been given the chance. So. Yeah, maybe that was a little bit out of order of me to dismiss his chances offhand. So I apologise, Barry. Uh, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I think it's a, a very, very <laughs> long road back for Mr. Cotter, who is now in the final year of his contract and um, has now got players playing out of position in his position. Um, but stranger things have happened. Aaron Dryden, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you make of it all, Stewie? I know you did a video with, with Roscoe on Friday night, which is good. A nice little roundup of um, of the transfer window. But for the people who have not seen that yet, and if you haven't, go back and watch it on our, on our social media. What was your take on the whole window as, a, as a, uh, an entirety, Stewie, for town? Um, I think given the constraints of the, the salary cap and COVID and everything that's been going on, the fact that it was quite a small turnover of players was good. You look around at who played Blackpool the other week, they'd signed 15 players. I think that, that went up to 17 by the time the window shut. That's because 
they'd had a vast amount of players leave. It's the same at various clubs up and down League One. So five in, five out was a was a pretty small turnover of, of players, all things considered. So that stability, I, I think, should be a, a positive for Ipswich in terms of the players that they've brought in. I think they all they all, all ticked boxes that needed to be ticked. I think they needed it some more leadership, someone who was more vocal. I think Ward does that. I think McGuinness, even though he's young, should hopefully do that as well. Mm. Um, they needed a more physical option up front. Hawkins ticks that box. They needed some left-footed balance and some extra pace. Bennett's can hopefully do that. So um, I thought, you know, they didn't rush. They've they've kind of, within the constraints, they've brought in players that hopefully address a few of the pro- problems that they've got. And they seem like well-thought-out additions to the jigsaw rather than just kind of panicked additions Mm. so uh, without obviously no no one's without it being sort of headline news a lot of the additions i I think it's uh i think it was a decent window Mm. were you surprised that that nothing at all happened on on friday i mean we're expecting i I guess the likes of we talked about tyree simpson and people like that maybe going out on loan but that didn't even happen either so I, i guess given the, the striking news, they, they couldn't even do that, could they? No, in terms of outs, I thought there'd be a few more loans out. They were certainly working hard to to get a few of the young lads out on loan, but obviously the injuries kind of put paid to that. Corey and Darba, I think, was all set to go to a League Two club on loan, but Stephen Ward's injury kind of stopped that from happening. McGavin was going to a League Two club, injuries to Downs and... Um, Scoos stopped that from happening. Falami, I don't know if that loan to um, Australia to Melbourne Victory will happen now because of the, the striker um, problems. Dobro is obviously the main one as well. We talked a lot about whether he would or wouldn't go out on loan. He's obviously rejected the chance to, to go to Crawley. Oh. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, we were... We, it, it was expected to be fairly quiet, and it and it was. Mm. Rossi, what what's your take on on the transfer window? You agree with Stu? There it was a fairly kind of understated, but but pretty successful window for Town. Yeah, I think um, I think Lambert did the job. He brought in the players he wanted to bring in. Unfortunately, injuries happened. I'm sure he was hoping there was not going to be injuries to to his strikers and his his fullback this early on, but it happens, doesn't it? So but yeah, I'm happy. I think maybe yeah, Stu said maybe loan out some of the youngsters, but we've got injuries so you know rather than rather them here so we can use them and then maybe in January maybe look at loaning them out possibly mm, mm. just a question here on, on the kind of topic of youngsters Shane Davies you this one for you he says with the ever-increasing injuries will some of our young talent get a chance to make it into the matchday squad Dobra and Darbert and Simpson in particular do you think those kind of guys are going to get more opportunities obviously we saw Tyrese play at the weekend at the end Possibly they'll be looking at it, thinking they're only one or two, one or two more injuries away. Um, Lambert's not having to leave too many out of the match day eighteen at the moment. Once you take the injuries into account, so um, as we've seen with with Simpson coming into it, so um, Dobra kind of finds the wing positions fairly stacked against him at the moment. When you've got Edwards, Lancaster, um, who else have we got? Um, Bennett, Keenan Bennett. Bennett's, Sears, Judge. So that realistically, that's kind of where his chances are going to come wide rather than 
I would say, as a number 10, seeing as they're not really playing with a, a, an out-and-out number 10 at the moment. So, um, But it only takes one or two injuries, and with the games coming thick and fast, I'm sure the door will, will half open for him at some point, and then it's it's up to him or any of the other young lads to to take those opportunities when they come. Mm. Harvey Davis, friend of the show, Sweet Welsh Prince, says, with the strength in depth in defence, I would have preferred to try and sign an additional striker, centre midfielder, instead of McGuinness. Don't get me wrong, he looks a real talent, but at the moment we've got two centre-backs on the bench every game. Another great result. Stay safe, lads. Thumbs up. He'll, he'll get recalled in January, I'm sure, if, if the situation is still like this. Mm. And, uh, he's he's barely pl- barely had a kick until January. There'll, there'll be a, uh, a sort of a mid-season recall clause in there. Um, it hasn't been a massively expensive loan for Ipswich. That I understand Arsenal have kind of waived their loan fee because of the relationship they had with with Maitland-Niles in the past. Um, and it's in their interest to, to try and get him out and get some game time. So, uh, and the wages are, the wage contribution is is minimal from Ipswich or it's, it's in, rel- in relative football terms. So, it's, it's not, I don't think that that kind of stops them doing other deals. But, um, yeah. Let's move on now to Doncaster tomorrow night away at Doncaster Stewie. You and you and Hutchie are heading heading to Doncaster. Another man who would have been heading to Doncaster was our friend Big John Watson, who says, Let's get straight to the important business. Bloody COVID is ruining everything. I can't be at my home stadium on Tuesday. Obviously, I believe he lives in Doncaster. Um and he says, I can't be at my home stadium to pass a bottle of piss to Andy Warren, Stuart Watson to give to me. To let you know how the challenge and training is going, obviously John, as I previously referred to, having a potentially having a three litre bladder. So um, obviously I'm sad, John, that um, the boys can't bring me back a bottle of your your urine. Um, <laughs> he says bloody COVID. But let's talk about Doncaster, Stewie. Um, obviously uh, a side you'd expect to be in the promotion mix. They're uh, they're seventh at the moment. They beat Portsmouth one nil at the weekend. Uh, I think they've only lost one game all season to to Wigan, I believe. Um, uh, and this is a game you would, uh, again, as as we talk about, every game being a, a test now for town in this run of six games in 18 days. But this one certainly you'd expect to be a real test for town. I think so, yeah. I I liked what I saw of Doncaster last season. They they obviously have gone down the kind of Premier League loan route. I think they've got six, I think it got to in the end, in terms of Premier League loans this window. It's not It's not something that I would particularly love as a fan I think you kind of lose that um, sense of connection with a, with a team when you know that most of them are kind of passing passing through for a year but um, I think they've got some good ones they've just got uh, Matt Smith on, on loan from Man City central midfielder who's played for Wales and is quite highly rated um, Whiteman I like in, in midfield from, from last season as well so they 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 try and play football and, and pass it about. Um, doesn't look like uh, they won one nil at Portsmouth at the, at the weekend, but it doesn't sound like it was a, a classic, a game of a few chances. So um, it's it should be a, a, another step up. But I thought Blackpool would would be that as well, and uh, and Ipswich uh, did really well up there. So um, I'm hopeful that kind of Ipswich's momentum can can carry them on. Mm. We've got a lad playing in midfield called Maggio Gomez. I'm mm. sure he's a Spanish midfielder who leads him with, with four goals so far this season. So he'll certainly be one 
that town will be watching out for. Roscoe, what are you what are you making of, of town's trip to Doncaster? Can you see this being the toughest game so far for for town? Yeah, I think so. I think this could be more edgy. Um, you know, the first half against Acton was very edgy. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I think this could be a slow start this game, but you know, these games could also be be plenty of goals. But um, it's going to be they're going to have a lot of work to do, Doncaster, to get through that defence at the moment. Because yeah, as we said, they're they've been rock solid. So yeah, I'm hoping for another win, as we always as we always do. So hopefully, we can continue that run. I know you're hoping for a win, Ross, but of course, tell us what the score is actually going to be. Um, you, I think you said 2-1 at the weekend, didn't you? It was obviously 2-0, but you, you got Town winning and you got the amount of goals that they scored again. Um, so what Town going to do at Doncaster tomorrow? I think it's going to be a 1-0 win. 1-0? Yeah. And who, who's going to score? Surely going to be Guion, isn't it? Of course, of course. Sixth goal of the season. It's going to be another beautiful finish from the beautiful man going on. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Stewie, what do you reckon? you agree with Ross? Is it going to be another win for town? Um, I think this will be a draw. And I think that I, I will take that right yeah. now to keep what? the unbeaten start going. What would the score be, though? The score will be one apiece. 1-1. One, one. Who can you see scoring for town? Uh, uh, John Nolan. John Nolan, back in the side, back in the goals. And most importantly, of course, Stu, we've talked about it um, in depth with Hutchie last week. In fact, it was probably the most interesting part of last Thursday's show. This is the first opportunity for Hutchie to tackle La Beast. Have you included, yeah. it? You, have you included that in your travel plans for tomorrow? It's not been discussed thus far, but Trust me, I will. I will be making sure that that debt is paid. Yeah, uh, that promise is fulfilled. Um, he needs to eat a kilogram of burrito, and that's and that's the rules. And that's that. Um, it is. It is what it is. You've got to, yeah. obviously when it happens, Stewie. We're counting on you to get video evidence of it for for the KOA army. Hutchie sure said, said last week it's not going to be a problem. He thinks it's, it'll just. It won't be a problem because I think he said in. I think he said in the in the previous pod. <clears throat> He ate more than a kilo of Sunday roast in Blackpool. Yeah. Um, he told you we, we went for the ultimate option. There was a small, medium, large or ultimate option on the carvery <laughs> that we went to. We both went for the ultimate because there was only about two quid difference. And um, he, I, it beat me. I was, uh, the, the waitress came and said, oh, was everything all right with your food? Because there was, there was a lot left. But Hutchie. He ploughed on. It was man v food territory. It was. Um, I was really proud of him. Actually, it was kind of a couple of times he was he was prepared to pack it in. He was doubled over at the waist uh, two or three occasions. He was ready to throw the towel in, but I gave him a pep talk. And yeah. um, there was some tactics involved in terms of sort of when to deploy the Yorkshire puddings, when to mop up various states of um, sort of gravy and uh, the, the liquidy parts of of the meal. Um, but he came through it, and um, so I've, I've got no doubts he'll he'll make light work of this burrito. I was horrified to hear that mushy peas were included in, in your fruit. Everything. Name me name me some things that you may f- find on a roast dinner, and I'll tell you whether it was on my plate. Well, mushy peas would never be on that list, and yes, it was on it was on the plate. Um, yeah. So uh, obviously Yorkshire pudding stuffing. Yeah. Three of Yorkshire puddings stuffing. Yeah, that horrible sort of liquidy. We saw them bringing it out as we went to have breakfast the next day. 
Yeah. Um, we saw them bringing out the same um, the same bits of the roast dinner to kind of warm up for that day's lunch. Oh, lovely. Uh, so, yeah, that that wasn't great. But, yeah, root. that that was on their stuffing. Sausages? Yeah, three of. Root vegetables, parsnip, swede, etc.? Yeah, both in the kind of mashed form and roast form. Obviously, a, a variety of potato options. I'm, I'm roast, thinking mashed, ma- mashed roast, as well. Yes, mash, yes. Mushy peas, yes. Beef, gammon, uh, broccoli, cauliflower cheese. It was ridiculous. Wow. That's something else, again, going back to something unexpected you've never done. I've never had a carvery. Wow. What? Doesn't, doesn't appeal to me, my friends. I'd rather have a... Wow. I don't want to go up to a buffet and help myself to lukewarm food that's been sat there and not prepared specifically for me. It doesn't interest me at all. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's my take on things, and I'm sticking to it. Um, Roscoe, the ladies played again yesterday. Yep. Uh, and they scored 10 again. Yep. And they won 10-0 again. Yep. Um, which seems vaguely ridiculous to me. You had predicted it, of course, uh, last week. You said that they were playing a lower league side in the FA Cup, uh, and they absolutely smashed them. So just give us a, a quick review. They scored 10 goals. <laughs> yes, but, but who scored? Uh, there was four goals from Natasha Thomas, uh, scored a hat-trick last week, and scored a hat-trick again, plus another. Uh, Amy Lee Abrahart scored mm-hmm. again. She was the player of the match, um, played really well. Uh, Molly Sullivan scored an absolute screamer to open the scoring. Yeah. Uh, Eloise King scored as well. There was an own goal, a standard for a 10-0 victory. <laughs> um, is that all the goal scorers? Don't know. What were you saying earlier about Natasha in terms of record books? So she's currently on 97 goals um, for the club in 114 appearances. So there's a good record there. So she's three goals away for hitting a century of goals. So she could wow. possibly get that in the next game if she scores another hat trick. Yeah, well, picture Ross of Natasha's scissor kick midair was uh, was very good. I enjoyed that. Thank you. So what what stage are they at in the FA Cup? Are they is it because obviously in in the men's game it's first round proper time in a couple of weeks. Is that is that where town ladies are? What what stage so, is it? That uh, the game on the weekend was the second round um, qualifying round, blah blah blah. Um, so they're going to be in the third round qualifying. Okay. Um, which the draw I think is taking place today, but it probably won't won't be out there until later on today. Mm. Um, and then the the tie will be played on the the first of November. Okay. Who have the uh, who have the ladies got this week? They've got no games because uh, they've got international call-ups. So I think four of the players are going to be playing for England, you, you know, youth. So wow, no game, no game this weekend. Who are the who are the uh, the lionesses then in the in the town side? Uh, Eloise Page Peak, Eloise King Page Peak, yeah. Abby Lafayette with the, you know the one with the big hair. Yes, uh, she hasn't got that no anymore though. She's just got just a bun now, a little bun. Little oh, bun. that's a shame. Yeah. Is Blue, Will, Blue Wilson one of them? She's Unfortunately, she's injured. Oh. She's, gonna, she's out for three months, so not good. That's a shame. Um, and there's another player. I completely... Oh, Maddie Biggs as well, the striker. Outstanding. Good luck to all of them then, playing for England. Fantastic stuff. And uh, it sounds like this season's going to be another record breaker. Um, 
So keep following them if, if you can. They, they'd be good to go and actually watch them because um, you obviously can't go and watch the men at the moment. But it sounds like there's lots of goals if you go along and watch the women when yeah. they're next on. Siri, is there anything that you'd like to mention before we uh, before I take our leave? No other business. No other business. Roscoe, anything else you want to mention? Any other revelations you want to make, sausage-related or otherwise? Hmm. I can confirm that I didn't do this podcast naked. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Superb. Um, right then, that, all that leaves me to say is uh, the usual stuff. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can, because that helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts. Um, and also follow us across our social media, um, which is Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Another show in the books. Town still top of the table. A test ahead tomorrow at Doncaster. Follow it with us. Follow it with the boys. And we'll be back later on this week to break that down. Have a great start to the week. And we'll speak to you again on Thursday. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.